I said a hip hop, a hip it, a hip it, a hip hip hop, and then you don't stop rocking to the bang bang boogie. Sit up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogity boot. Skiddy doo bop, scoob bop, scooby doo, and guess what? America, we love you. Have you ever been over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? I mean, the macaroni soggy, the peas are moist, and the chicken tastes like wood. Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And so Joe and I have two guests on. I think it's only the second time we've had two guests on at the same time. Um, great, great comic friends that I've been uh, friends with throughout nine months. I think you met maybe three months ago for the first time, Joe. Something like that. Um, our friends Wayne Russell and Anthony Eugenio, who... I, I think some people think uh, I'm playing it up when I say that I absolutely love their podcast. They have a comedy podcast. Uh, we have a podcast. They have a distinct comedy podcast. And it's it's regionally one of my two favorite podcasts that's come out of New England ever. The other one, Complaints and Observation, is still on hiatus. But it's a show that I really love. And what I love best about their show, and we're going to basically talk about their show and their comedy, is – it's two friends who are friends forever, who both wanna, who both love stand up, both love comedy, kicked around the idea of doing comedy for a long time, and then started this process together. And they started their podcast the day they did their first mic. It was it was the whole idea that they would document from going from their first mic to their Netflix special, you know, sometime you know down the road. Um, it's really fun to have got to know them as as people as dads 
as husbands, but, you know, really as comics and as podcasters and seeing in the almost, I think, nine, ten months that I've known them because they started. I started early November um, last year, and I think they were just a few months Mm -hmm. after that. So it's been really, really fun to watch their comedy grow and to watch like you know their podcast grow without much more yapping from me with the introduction we need five more minutes of yapping please okay so what i like best (laughs) is is, so you can tell them apart because uh wayne usually wears a hat and anthony is a dick so so sometimes you you can see but uh anthony wayne how you guys doing doing really good i'm glad you could actually get anthony because every time i try during our show it always falls flat except one time it went really well but Good job. I appreciate the backup. Oh, what burning? Yeah, that's because you are a big sausage fill of <laughs> casing of goddamn gonorrhea and bullshit. That's what you are. <laughs> you know what? Hold on. Uh, just to let you guys know, um, we have copyright rights to any new material thrown out. So sausage casing full of gonorrhea is now ours. And bullshit. Of, and bullshit. Gonorrhea and bullshit. It will be used... I swear the next time either one of us are at a mic together, I'm going to use the phrase, a sausage casing full of gonorrhea and bullshit. And I will give no credit. (laughs) (laughs) I think only myself. (laughs) Yeah, so guys, let's start to fill in the gaps. How long have you two been friends? Probably been about, I think... uh... I think we figured it out to be about 13 to 14 years now. Uh, we, we met at a, uh, a job we had. I, I worked at Consumer Auto Parts starting 2005, which is a, just like an AutoZone or, or whatever. And Anthony came on board a few years after that. Uh, and that's where we met. Yeah. It's, as they say, the rest is history. It, it took the a little first bit day, the first day I came in and I am I'm baby-faced, fresh, brand new to the auto parts world. Someone asked me what a rotor, uh, where they could find a rotor for the car. And I was like... What the hell are you talking about? And that first day, Wayne said, hey, you mind grabbing the mop and bucket and going outside because it's raining and mopping in the parking lot? And I was like, all right. And I started dragging the mop outside and he stopped me and said that that was a practical joke. And then I slashed his tires. That's how we met. Uh, did you get a discount on replacement tires, Wayne? I did not. We didn't sell tires. So. <laughs> so when did you guys start kicking around the idea that you were going to do comedy? So we play video games quite a bit with each other. Um, like we'll play like a co-op game and we talk on the headset and we'd always talk shit on the headset that were very hilarious stories. We were like, man, if we ever said that on life, we did stand up and said that I think it would go over well. We would throw bits at each other and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we watched that bucket list movie with Morgan Freeman. At least I did. And I was like, damn, I got to make one of those. And we uh, we came to the conclusion that doing one stand-up set would be on our bucket list. And then I did it first. And I don't I don't even remember what made me go do it. I think I was just like, how do you find an open mic? And I Googled it. I was like, oh, there's one in Portland. I bet Wayne would be jealous if I went over there. So I took a picture of the stage, went there, bumped my ass off. And uh, the next week, Wayne came with me to Strange Brew. So that's how we got it going. So how did you guys find your first mics? Other than that Googling thing, how did you find Strange Brew? It was the Comedy Home, I believe. Yeah. Wasn't it, Anthony? Yeah, Comedy Home, shout out. They are 
fantastic website that is um, open source for people to put in mics every day of the week from New York, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and you can funnel it. So I went on there and I was just looking for, you know, I don't have social media, which sucks. That would have been way easier to find them. <laughs> so, but that uh, comedy home thing really made it so I could, I would show up sometimes and they wouldn't have a mic anymore. <laughs> that sucked. But Strange Brew luckily was uh, still there. Well, holy shit should not have gone there for Wayne's first mic. That's a tough first mic. But Joe and I late nineties, you know, we, we had done sketch comedy together for many years. I, when I got out to LA is when I started doing, and I got out there in 95, you know, doing a little stand up. Joe, did you do stand up before you came out or when you and, and Jim came out, was that the first time you had done stand up? That might've been my first time because my fly was down. And, <laughs> and I said, I was from Boston 16 times. I made fun of the act before me. I stunk. I stunk. And I think I left some shit on the stage, like physical, tangible <laughs> shit. Now, now, yes or no, the all-time greatest first time up at a mic by our friend Jim was hands down the best first time somebody went up to a mic ever. Yeah, I mean, people were approaching him afterwards saying, man, do you do this regularly? Or when's your next spot? And you know, that sort of thing. out of here. Kill. Really? Now, now, it, Joe, charismatic. can you tell them Every joke he did. Uh, the, the only one that stuck out to me was, I'm just going to stand up here, guys, and do some modeling poses. And then he would just like crouch down and like kind of, you know, point like, you know, point to the sky, that That's sort it. of thing. That was it. And then, it's, yeah, they, then they threw money at him and, you know, cheered. His, his whole thing. I mean, he, 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 they, he I, I met Joe. He was part of, you know, him and two buddies had a comedy show at the same station. I was doing a music video show. They were all into doing sketch and the and, and the new kids on the block. So our friend Jim just got up there and even said, it's like, yep, going to do all the new kid on the block poses. I don't <laughs> think he told the joke, but killed like all of his <laughs> Just... No, no Italian jokes or anything? no, <laughs> no <laughs> jokes. Period. Um, did you guys have the delusion before you started? Like the the whole like you don't know what's gonna happen when you go up there. I had this, and I'm like, well, what if I fucking nail it? <laughs> like I thought in my head, like I'm gonna go up there, I'm gonna say my jokes, all of them are gonna land. They're gonna come up to me afterwards, like you're a professional, right? Holy shit. And I'm going to start running from there. And then I went up and the first thing I did is the microphone uh, cord came undone from the mic and <laughs> fell on the floor. And I bombed for five minutes. I was like, that did not go how I thought it would. And you're fumbling with like, what the hell cable is this? I had three prongs. What the? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a thicky. God damn. <laughs> we couldn't find mics anywhere. And Joe's Googling and I'm Googling and Joe found a mic. Rhode Island, I think you found one that I didn't go to. My parents live 10 minutes away, and there's a bar restaurant. And I remember driving by and telling Joe about this. They had a big sign, open mic on Wednesday, no drums, no comedy. And I'm a drummer, and I said to Joe, it's like, the sign might as well say, fuck off, Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, open mic with no comedy and no drums is basically it's i guess it's poetry right or just yelling just like random yelling if that's slam poetry yeah acoustic bullshit and that kind of thing um ah. my wife went to see <laughs> see a show at ralph's in worcester and there was a flyer that said you know open mics on tuesday 
every Tuesday for like three, four weeks. And then somebody there is talking like, oh, yeah, I was at this Mike and Lowell on Tuesday and I did a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and that's when I found out about the safe. So the safe was the next mic. And then at the safe. So that was probably February. I went to the safe for the first time. And that's when somebody told me about the Facebook page. Uh, comedy <laughs> Boston Comics 2 is, is where I found the, the other mics that I did. So it's this is about you guys. So oh, wait, wait, so, wait. No, is it really so, about them? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, why do you so, let me spin out like this you, you you're supposed to put me back on track because uh, my riddling it, it'd be really rude if i just hey jacques could you mind shutting the fuck up so we can talk to our guests <laughs> but and then i tied an onion to my belt which was the style <laughs> at the time so anthony you did a mic before you went with wayne yep and how was that going in solo uh, so I was a musician before, like you, uh, although I didn't get on sitcom uh, sets or anything like that. I uh, did stand up in front of wait, I mean, uh, music in front of waitresses. So I didn't, you know, get too far in that. But I was really comfortable on stage. So that part didn't freak me out much. Uh, but I love like uh, like my favorite comics, probably Louis C.K. And uh, I like bluer humor, Tom Segura, that all that style is definitely something that I'm into. So the first joke I did was a dick joke right away, like dark dick joke, stupid, stupid, stupid one. And I did it into complete abyss, darkness of silence. Um, and I really didn't expect that. Uh, so the whole set went horribly. And I was like, man, like someone come up after me uh, afterwards and they're like, you know, what you should try to do not start with something so dark and he was right. he was right well why were you talking about jokes. black people's penises <laughs> that you know that's kind of yeah, yeah right what you know yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean if unless you're you know black dick joke yeah. aren't you gonna want to write a good one <laughs> and so you said portland portland or may what what how so that's a that's a hall did you just go there for the mic or we you just have well, i live up? in maine so um every mic i go to that you see me at is a dramatic drive that i oh hate going. i did yeah. not know that okay because you speak in full sentences so i wouldn't have guessed yeah, <laughs> yeah but i fuck my cousin so okay uh. well you know hey he's hot i've met him really cool guy and it's called making love thank you <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah yeah that that's what he calls it yeah uh, anthony just got his results back from ancestry.com and it turns out <laughs> ancestry he's his favorite cousin um but okay so that's interesting so you know the main scene interesting because yeah i see you down here all the time that yeah so i can't complain when i have to go up to do a mic up there. I just have to play a game of shut the fuck up, I guess. Yeah, I will say, I mean, you know, because you've done a couple uh, shows up here. They're different. They're different people up here. And I like that because I'll go to, to Lowell and go to the safe and you could say anything there and it flies and people get excited. And there's always a segment of the crowd that wants to hear the darkest jokes in your mind. And then uh, in Maine, it's way more delicate where you got to kind of feel out the room more like there's a lot of blue hair out there. I tell you, anybody listen to our podcast, you'll know what I mean by that. The bluest of hairs. And they don't <laughs> take my jokes well. 
<laughs> yeah, they're they're waiting for you to call out bingo numbers. Like that's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you should do that at one of the things. Just go up there and just B twelve. B twelve. Does anybody have any B twelve? <laughs> <laughs> so how many you just did the one mic before the two of you went to a mic together? Yeah, it. I Wayne will speak on this more than me, but it crippled him mentally that I did it before him, right? I imagine Wayne like you had to go out there for me. Yep. It did. So like we like Anthony mentioned, we uh, we would play video games quite a bit, and I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I got some time. You want to hop on?" And he just sent me a picture of a stage, and I was happy for him, but I was also like, "Who am I going to play PlayStation with?" Uh, so yeah, I was happy for him. I was excited. He recorded a set and sent it to me, and you know, I I I, I have the delusions of grandeur. I was like, "That was fucking awesome. You're a pro." Uh, I listened back to it recently, and uh, Anthony, you fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the blooms off the rose. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, uh, but he, he did he... not suck black dick. You know, he sucked <laughs> as a comic. But okay, just clarifying. No, now, not on stage. Now, right. now, so you just did the one mic without Wayne. Yep. When? It. Now, how how long before the two of you went to your first mic? Four days. Oh. So, so were you preparing Wayne to do a mic as well, like all no. this time? No. no, he had jokes in the can from like us discussing comedy from over the years that um, he, he was like, uh, I, uh, I'm going to burn one of his jokes. But uh, it was he's like, you know, I think it'd be funny if I wrote a joke about like giving my dog pills and I got a rubber throat <laughs> and then uh, it doesn't work on your wife the same way. That was his uh, his bit. He's like, do you think that'd be funny? And I'm like, God damn, man. I was drinking when you said that, and I spit it on the ground. <laughs> you should not say that in front of people. <laughs> hey, Jacques, you should do that. No, one hundred percent. I'm no, writing no, no. it down. You should burn your jokes. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> watch right into the propeller. I watch right into the propeller. Um, okay, so when did you guys decide? Hey, we should really do something to document this. It was actually two months after. Um, we had talked it? about it. Yeah. Our first wow. episode dropped on June 11th. I know. Uh, we were, and my birthday. We recorded every set, though. So, like, we we knew we were going to do something because we oh, were recording oh, yes, all yeah. of our sets. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, well, I had to wait till Wayne had a birthday party, and I bought him a microphone for his birthday that said, let's start a podcast. And uh, he it took him a minute to get to the gift because he was showing his dad a gay porn magazine that gets accidentally delivered to his house. And his dad got like 12 pages in before he knew what was going on. And he was it like, was way more than 12. It was, <laughs> he was I think he knew what like was going on minutes. on page one. He just, <laughs> he, my, wow, my dad so, really doesn't know what this is. It's he's 13, 14 pages in. He's got to catch on eyebrows. I've never seen someone furl their eyebrows like the like slowly, like the eclipse going over the sun. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jacques, you, you know, my joke about uh, being haunted by the gay ghost. Right, would yeah. you like me to do Richard right now? Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> I so, love it. It's a great. It's it's fantastic. So that's that's where that came from. Was that? Magazine. Yeah, we were talking so about the, that bit at the party. So the guy that owned the house before me, uh, he was a gay man, and I found that out because of the magazine. My neighbor was telling me about his wife, and I was like, I don't think you know about the magazines, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was where that came from. Was that magazine came on the day of my birthday party, and Anthony's like, "That right there is where you need to take that joke." 
So uh, where, where, where did the name Open Mic Pain come from? Did you know it was going to be painful or after Anthony's first you know, time on stage, were you like, this is horrible? So uh, by, by that point, we were a couple months in, almost two months in. So we knew we knew we how suck. much it sucked. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that name is actually uh, Anthony's brainchild. We, we kicked around a lot of ideas. It would actually be fun to go back and look through those texts and see what we came up with. I, I don't think many of them were good, but that one was great. Well, my brother-in-law's name is Shane, so I figured if I had to kick Wayne off the podcast, I'd be able to do open mic pain with Anthony and Shane, and it would be seamless. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to know. Now, I, I, you know, Carnivore Personnel was 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 Joe's brain trust. Uh, I came up with, I can't believe it's not butter, uh, but I, I thought it would stick. Apparently it didn't. Um, <laughs> so, so now, so you guys go to the safe. So what about you, Wayne? Your first time in the safe, which is such an interesting oh, place to do joke. because every well, mic is so different. Like every mic is so, every mic is exactly the same and phenomenally different at the same time. So the, the safe is one of those places, depending on what day it is. Was it one of those nights where it was great or it was just uh, a shit show? Are you talking about my first, my first, first mic? Yep. So was that, that was Strange Brew. Oh, Strange Brew. Uh, okay, get back strange to with Strange. So uh, how was Strange Brew? It was Strange Brew. Right. <laughs> it was. Uh, that's that's all I can say. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh, so I wasn't really nervous to talk in a mic. I, I was a, a, a DJ. I did weddings and school dances, Jack and Jill's birthday parties, all that shit for since i was 16 till i was like 28 29 so a third of my life more than a third of my life i i did that so i was very com i'm very comfortable talking into a microphone the issue i had was being judged uh based on what i think is funny um so i was really nervous and i got up i will never name this person um but he's the reason that i actually got on stage I went up to the bar to get a drink and I was talking to somebody, uh, introduced myself and he introduced himself back. And I was like, Oh, how, how long have you been doing comedy? He goes, ah, about 12 years. Um, you know, I kind of took a little bit of a break, but I'm back at it now, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he went up two comics before me. And I was like, dude, this guy is going to kill. He's going to like, it's going to be so hard to follow somebody who's been doing comedy for so long. Uh, and it's my first time. And he went up and bombed complete silence for five minutes and i was like oh all right i feel good about this now <laughs> like i know I, I never want to see anybody bomb i want to see everybody do good that's the one time i'll say i was really happy about that because if he went up and absolutely destroyed i probably would have just got up and walked out right. and uh i was sitting there uh anthony went up and i recorded him well anthony went before you he went right before me and uh, and i was right after him and he, he's walking by, and I give him, like, a fist bump. I'm like, I'm not going up. And my legs are shaking. I'm not going up, not going up. And then Ben calls my name, and I just stood up. I was like, what's up, bro? Let's, let's, let's do this. It was like everything just washed away. I went up. I did my set. Uh, I got some chuckles. Um, I got off. Stayed for a couple more comics, I think. Paid our tab. Went out to the sidewalk, and I started shaking like a like a junkie who was, like, hadn't had anything for, like, a week. The uh, adrenaline hit me pretty late. A couple uh, questions about that, Mike, specifically. Uh, with you, uh, Anthony, how bad was your name butchered that night? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a – so this is this is the thing about that place. So there – Danny P goes there, 
and I love him so much. He's such a good guy, and he's such a like good ambassador for the Manchester scene, and he's always trying to get people to go to Mike's and all that. So for that reason, I think Strange Brew is a pretty valuable, Mike, because he's there all the time and all that stuff. But God damn it, Ben. He has said a joke about my name four straight times <laughs> that I went up there. He says the name right every time, but he jokes a terrible. Um, I actually just did one at Tempo Bistro, and Danny did a very also terrible joke about my name before I go up. They usually not, say not something Danny about, P. Not Danny P. Dan. Yeah. Um, Dan, Dan, Dan one. Yeah, Dan I should. Kelly. You're right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Dan Kelly. Yeah, he said something about uh, I, I sound like I grow tomatoes or something like that. And I was like, God damn it. Why can't I just go up and start off? The same as everybody else. Every time, like you must know Jacques, because I'm sure your name gets fucked up all the time. It it, it, it does, and that and that is, you know, uh, um, that's a different thing for a different day. But with you, Wayne, the first time you go up, uh, first of all, talking about Danny P, did you get a picture posted from Danny P on Instagram? No, my first picture posted on Instagram uh, was from uh, this fucking guy. Uh, Jacques Lambert, I think oh. it was. Because <laughs> that, that's that's a trick that I, I, I stole from Danny P because I thought that was so great. I thought, oh, man, this is really a sweet thing. It's an encouraging thing. It's a community-building yeah. thing. Um, he's a very funny comic. He's a very good host. And the fact that he does that at every mic uh, is, is something that I adopt it, and I think it's fun. Um, there's one person I won't mention who has – got really mad that I did it once and I'm like okay it almost spooked me to never want to do it again but I cannot tell you how great um, wow. it is that Danny P does that for the scene and you're right he's posting about other people's mics all the time he's a really great great guy so you get up there now where were you in the lineup how many how many were you spot really like 12 15 I think we we're like somewhere between somewhere around like 13 15 16 somewhere around there and were there more people in the room or in the back room? So back that's room. the funny thing about that that mic. Uh, Anthony kind of got the shit end of the stick because he went up first and he's trying to tell jokes. And he was actually doing pretty good for the people that could hear him. Um, and as as some do when you're not super comfortable on stage, I think Anthony was kind of making commentary about not getting laughs on certain things. And one guy in the corner called up, called him out and said, hey, it's not that you're not funny. People can't hear you because everybody's talking in the back. Um, and Ben had heard that. So Anthony had to do his whole set with people talking in the back and being super loud and then having to compete with that. Anthony comes off stage, Ben goes up, yells at the people in the back to be quiet. I go up to almost complete silence. So I had, I actually had a decent uh, showing there for people actually being able to hear me and listen. So I kind of lucked out in that sense. I've not had that same luck. The, the the last few times I've been there, but now um, do, do you do you remember? So how long how long ago was your first Mike Anthony? Uh, it was in March. March, March. okay. 12th for you. So, so you 12th. so you so you're, so you're nine Christ months in. Went. How many mics do you think you? How many? First of all, how many mics have you guys done each? Do you do you have an idea? And how many have you done without the other one in the room? So if I had to get, well, do you know the number one? No. <clears throat> yeah. I so I would say one and a half times a week would be the average because we've done some two times a week and some one time. We definitely started off once a week and then we've been ramping it up a little bit more from there. I don't know if you think that's fair, Wink, but something like that. Yeah, I'd say that's probably fair. 
Yeah, so that's 36 times 1.5 equals 50-something mics. And how much better of a comic do you think you are now? Well, for and secondly, how many times have you not been in the room? How many mics have you guys done solo? Ooh, like three? Yeah, there hasn't been a lot. Yeah, yeah. there hasn't been a lot. It's, now, it's our night out. You know, it's like it's I think one of the things that aside from it being really fun, one of the things that, that keeps it together is, you know, we live so far apart from each other. This is a, a night or two a week that we can get together and, and hang out as friends. You know, we've been best, best friends for 13, 14 years and we barely get to hang out. And this is this is an opportunity. So we try to do it together as much as possible. I mean, well, you guys are also and I, I always people who don't have kids just don't know how much harder it is to move the pieces around the board together. I didn't know you were in Maine. So mm. Anthony just had a second child a few months ago. Uh, it was, was the birth happened in Maine and did you use like a shaman or do they have like hospitals up there that you went to? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> no, you use shaman if you want to do it early, but no, I, I, well, uh, <laughs> well I mean, that's the implication. So, <laughs> in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, <laughs> is where he was born. So they had doctors there. It was great. Okay, uh, like a Doctors actually... Without Borders thing, where they come into these impoverished places and <laughs> and just help, or is it you know? No, they actually. What was really funny about that place, which I thought was weird, is when they discharged us, they were like, really, like, don't fucking have another kid. I don't know why, because that was part of the discharge paperwork. They're like, do you know exactly how you're going to prevent? pregnancy in the future and i was like, i had the baby i was like this this will prevent future pregnancy <laughs> um okay so how much has your comedy changed or or evolved do you think it's changed or evolved in the last nine months you first one sorry i had something go off of my right next to me i had to shut off because make a noise i didn't hear the question um oh. Yeah, uh, what, 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 who are the three hosts that you hate most at Mike's? No, the question uh, I'll, was, I'll start right now. No, no, <laughs> no, put the shovel down, Wayne. Stop digging, <laughs> stop digging the hole. Uh, has your comedy over the last nine, nine months like changed or evolved? So, you know, Anthony and I were just actually, I had this conversation with you as well. Like, I, I feel like over the, over the last nine months, periodically, I get little epiphanies. Like, my first mic. Um, I had like a little opener that I, I still do my my little pronoun bit. Um, then I did that throat rubbing joke. Um, so I had I had punchlines and then stories to get up to those punchlines. And as time has gone on, I've learned how to punch them up and do funny things in between. And yeah, so I mean, it's definitely evolved. I don't want to say it's changed because my sense of humor really hasn't changed. Uh, but it's evolved in the way that I I look at how something is funny and how to condense things to make them uh, make the laughs closer together, how to keep the audience more engaged. Obviously not a professional by any means, but it has evolved quite a bit. Yeah, I like to compare it to like woodworking. Like when we first, like we're always building a chair the entire time. We're just building a chair over and over again. Like we didn't switch to a table. We're still doing the same stuff, but our first chair is what splinter your asshole all up. And now we're just getting... <laughs> less and less splinters like we have, still haven't added paint to the chair or anything like that we haven't varnished it it's still pretty rough but you know it's sittable and it yeah there are four legs <laughs> <laughs> um 
So are you, um, what's the, what's the furthest you've traveled to do a mic? I guess, I mean, Anthony, you're coming from, you know, Nova Scotia. So like basically yeah. <laughs> any mic is like a track. You got to, you know, load up the, the dog sled and, you know, exactly. come down from the mountains, but no, seriously. I, I must the... hire an Inuit and then I can get down to you guys. <laughs> but like, have you gone, I mean, have you gone like to Connecticut or New York or even, or just kind of still New England? No, I think Jamaica Plains probably my farthest ride. And God damn, was that like whew, that? I wouldn't go there if they were next door. Uh, what a shitty place that is for comedy. But yeah, I've gone there twice, and that's like an hour and a half. Yeah. So that's that's the farthest I've traveled for comedy. Yeah, for me it was Portland. I did go up and do Portland one time. So that's that's almost yeah. a two hour drive. And you feel like it's worth it, right? Because it's like you're you got to grab a spot wherever you can. And so I mean that one for me that uh, you know Anthony talk so highly of it and i have to agree it, it, honestly that was one of the, my favorite stages i've ever been on uh that that's probably my second favorite first would be uh the wicked funny in north andover um but that was just a, an all ex overall experience um and the room's really cool too but uh the one in, in portland uh what do they call it? field notes yeah field notes and this is the thing so wicked funny you gotta they gotta want you on that stage uh, at Field Notes, you can just go there every Sunday, and they are—it's um, a fantastic stage that they do punk rock shows in, and it's set—it's like a, a whole room dedicated to it. Great high stage, good lighting, awesome background. Like I would film a comedy special there if I was good enough at it. And when we go, a lot of the time, the room fills completely up with people. They are just judgmental portland people so um it's very, very tough <laughs> is it a hoop is it a hipster douchebag place is it just too um... but i blame myself more than anything else because they are hipsters and all that stuff is true but i'm like i did a joke that was uh i always thought because bud light went down i always thought it was the watered down flavor that would take out bud light uh, but it turns out it took a watered down woman and that was a bit i would hmm. do a lot and uh <laughs> if at the safe you know that's awesome at portland that was never awesome that never one time it did it there like four times every time they were really mad at me afterwards uh so one thing that i've talked to both of you guys about that i've mentioned on our podcast before that i really loved is your whole be cocky um storyline how you guys which storyline or be cocky b with a b like a b e e be cocky and and you know I don't I think I think it was an Anthony joke first that Wayne tried to punch up correct me if I'm wrong and then they decided well let's take that joke both do our own version work on it and then we'll go to a mic and we'll do the joke there we'll do the same bit we'll we'll take the same premise and we'll do our spin on it um, and it was a two part series that you guys did that I. It was absolutely fabulous watching you guys, but tell, fill in the story of how that came to be. So that was actually probably the first stand-up joke idea that we ever came up with. And Anthony can talk a little more about how that came out to be, but uh, he came into work one day and he started telling me the story, uh, not a story, but telling me about uh, a class he was taking and how plants pollinate, get pollinated and, and all that. It, Anthony, you can probably explain a little better than I can. Yeah, so I grow I grow weed for a living, and uh, so for a long time I've been uh, getting better at that. So I took uh, in college botany uh, as my like minor, and uh, so 
the first thing I learned in that class. They were like, well, let's talk about how plants propagate. And uh, they come on the face of bees and bees go and they dive into uh, bushes and out come other plants. And I was like, hold because you never can. You just it's like the concept of God. Like when you, your whole life, you don't even really think about it. You're just like, yeah, yeah, there's a God, I'm sure. And then you think about it for five seconds. You're like, wow, that's silly. So the uh, that's the same <laughs> same thing with the bee stuff. So so this joke has been kicked around for a decade. Yeah. Decade, yeah. Well, it was it wasn't much a joke. I was just like, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> yeah, they, I, I'll tell you the 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 punching up that we were doing back, or I should say, I was doing up back then on that joke. Not okay. It wasn't okay back then. It's definitely not okay today. Anthony told me I could never say that in public, so I've I, I've taken that to uh, I keep that in here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Yeah, actually, you know, asked, we should say. But so we did that whole series uh, where we we did the joke back and forth. Wayne was a lot more depraved and all that stuff. Uh, but we when's the second episode? Did the second episode already come out, Wayne? It did, right? Yeah. Of, so uh, yeah. So we have a, a we another joke writing episode. Uh, our series on Richard the Gay Ghost, right. um, and the, the second episode because we were only going to do two, but it's gone so poorly so far. So bad. Uh, yeah. We just had to talk about it. Um, wait, 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 which as a listener, here's some of the things I've loved about your show. Um, you guys are funny. That you know that's boiler point. You have a comedy thing. Yeah, of course you got to be funny. Secondly, the brutal honesty of when you guys are horrible or something doesn't go you were the first to say gosh i I, you know i I, you you you, and you're supportive to each other which is absolutely wonderful but you're also the first ones to say you can't tell that joke again or you can't tell that joke that way no it wasn't a bad crowd it was a bad you you know which i have a term for that i call that joe (laughs) and 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 there's so many times where joe shits on a joke that is going poorly he's not there he's never heard it but i know joe so well and this is the part where joe would tell me to pull the ripcord to bail out uh you know maybe like the jiminy cricket of comedy that just kind of you know <laughs> but i'm like a i'm like a like a like a, uh, a heckler that kind of infected your mind you know like <laughs> This joke's bombing. Joe would probably hate it. He's a Waldorf and Steckler all by himself. It's oh, you know he's, Waldorf from the he's he's sitting in a balcony up on the left side of my dome, just constantly. It's like we we saw Jacques under bad conditions. You know he was in front of a mic. Jacques, you have that joke about uh, driving to a show and and hearing that voice telling you that nobody thinks you're funny you should quit comment it wasn't it wasn't your mother it was joe but nobody knows joe so if i say it's my buddy joe no one's gonna say yeah the kill yourself i wrote the kill yourself one (laughs) (laughs) and and and, and, you know just a sidebar for a second i've said it before it's like if, if i get four laughs at a mic if i get three laughs at a mic i get six laughs at a mic 90% 90% of them are Joe's lines. It's like no. I'm good at the I'm good at the long-winded premises that paint myself into a corner and go nowhere and he uh makes it palatable. But no, your podcast, I do. It was so fun listening to you guys develop 
as podcasters and how your show has changed. But those theme shows that you guys have done have been awesome. Another show that I really loved is your your show on stealing bits. Mm. You know, you guys you put like, a lot you just of... like that because I stole one of yours. No, no, you did not. I keep saying that. Uh, you know, yeah, I had he, this. Well, he almost basically. Have you seen the Da Vinci Code where that albino uh, rips the skin off of his back? Uh, yes, yes. Patents? Yeah, yeah. Wayne basically was doing that the night that he thought that he stole your drug. No. He's like, do you think I should send Jacques an edible arrangement? In, in, in this? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't want to sidebar to it. It's simple, Joe. It's like the, the joke about like Ellen's mom when I'm like, you know, it's like. You know, we lost her after two years. Well, we didn't lose her. I know where she is. I have a shovel if you want to go say hi. You know, it's like everybody has that when they lose somebody thing. It was just a different. No, but your thoughtfulness into that, because you guys did a deep dive into, you know, parallel thinking verse first, you know, that and, and Wayne and I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you were there, Anthony, the night a comic I won't mention was horrible to another comic for doing mm. street jokes and um and just like you know uh yeah basically that and then i saw that same person accuse somebody of stealing another joke that you know this person is young and unless they're a real historian loser like you know joe and i are when it comes to comedy they wouldn't have known that that was an old a version of a you know a, a joke from like you know laughing in 1968 uh, mm -hmm. But but they got eviscerated by this person. Uh, but your thoughtfulness behind that whole thing, uh, you know, tell, talk a little bit about like how much planning goes into those special shows you guys do. So they're usually it's... developed from. Uh, so are you going to say zero, Wayne? Don't you say zero? Yes. I was going to say zero. <laughs> zero, Wayne's stupid brain. That's <laughs> no. So for a couple weeks before we did that episode we were encountering some parallel thinking. Uh, like I had a, a joke that I got so excited I wanted to do because it really happened where uh, my brother got his daughter a uh, black Barbie and my dad came in his house and he went, huh. And I was like, wow, that was really like casually <laughs> racist. Like it wasn't fully on racist. Like he just went, hmm. <laughs> he walked in. So it was just like, uh, my dad's not fully racist. He's subtly racist. So that was the bit. And I was so excited to do it. And then um, I watched, I don't know why I watched this because I'm sick, uh, but I watched Louis C.K. do an SNL monologue. And he had a very similar bit. Uh, about um, being subtly racist. Like he said, if he goes to a um, a rest an Italian restaurant and it's called Three Black Girls in an Italian restaurant, he'd be like, oh, interesting. And he's like, I'll still eat there. But he's like, I'll think about that. Uh, so it was just too close. And I was like, I had to throw the bit away. It was, it was way too close to it. And then Wayne had something similar, right, Wayne? What was your bit? Yeah, it was, it was also... Um... Louis C.K. did a very similar premise, but my mine was basically that I uh, I feel really comfortable if I ever travel to the Middle East because uh, I don't think I'll ever be beheaded because I have nothing to hold on to to hold up to the camera. Some ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a um, Louis bit. <laughs> and I had never seen Louis do that bit. That was actually a special one of his few specials I haven't watched. Um, but Anthony let me have it that night, and then the next morning he broke my heart, and I felt absolutely horrendous about it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm good at Louie. That's how I knew I screwed myself because of that SNL monologue. I know, uh, like Wayne said the joke, and I was like, oh man, that's chewed up. That's like a quarter of the way through that bit's in there. And then I remember finding it on YouTube and sending it to him. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. When, when you live a life experience, you know, like that, I do. I love, I love some of my favorite terms are casually racist. I always refer to my mom as accidentally racist. She, <laughs> you know, she will say things like, you know, no, I'm not racist. I love those people. You know, like, mm. you, you know that term, my, that last part of that sentence, mom. My dad is the same. He, my dad, like, I, I don't think he hates anybody, but he uses all the old school, like, phrases, like Orientals and, like, slaves. <laughs> <laughs> He's going way back. But that's the thing. You're, you're breaking down where parallel thinking becomes, and then you had a list of the worst joke stealers, which was a brutally honest list. Yeah, yeah, I, I sure think Anthony's was. Anthony said it perfectly. Um, you know, when you're when you're looking at parallel thinking versus joke thieving, it, you know, if you have a similar premise and you kind of end up in the same spot, but they're completely different paths and different punches and all that, you can pretty much say that you had similar ideas, but if you're hitting these bullet points throughout the entire thing, then you it's almost definitive that somebody's stealing from the other like the whole yeah, carlos the best mencia. example of that uh, carlos mencia the bill cosby uh yeah. yeah were you about to say that and i just stomped all over it i got yeah yeah no keep, keep going started. this is what we do in our podcast i stomp on wayne as a uh, sadly that's uh, <laughs> carlos mencia claims that it was parallel thinking he never heard bill cosby's uh joke and the joke is about how raping you know, women I, oh yes. sorry that's that's <laughs> That's yeah, his yeah, closer, man. Shakitas is how <laughs> Carlos did it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Bill Cosby's got a bit about raising your son, teaching him how to play football, and his whole life, you know, you are you are working with him at Pop Warner, th- teaching him how to throw a spiral through high school. You're going to every game, college. You're uh, out there, you know, with him every step of the way. Then he wins the Super Bowl and he goes to the microphone. He's like, "I want to thank mom," and the dad's like, "Oh fuck." So that was a Bill Cosby bit. Carlos does the same bit. And what makes it joke theory over parallel thinking is the fact that his setup matches his punchline. If they were both different, meaning he had a different setup and it ended with the same punchline, that shit happens. You know, you're going to think of punchlines the same as people. But you rarely will find, you know, it's kind of, you know, I know what it looks like. Joke thievery, you're going to know it when you see it. Parallel thinking, you have to think about it a little bit more. So, you know, that we wanted to use examples. You know, I mean, I, again, we won't mention names and we won't go into details because people know what we're talking about. But just recently, uh, at least Wayne and I were kind of in, you know, there's a person in New England who is doing another person's act, not oh, jokes. Yeah. And that was a, it was an interesting thing. I like how quickly, you know, what once it came to light and it's like, and the thing is, I didn't know the person that they were. Because it's a person who uh, the, the the original artist is primarily based in Canada, um, hasn't really been in the public comedy eye for probably a decade. And, you know, so so I didn't know who it was. And then <clears throat> and then once somebody called it out and I looked up the guy online, I'm like, all right, I vaguely have seen this thing before. So that's that's. You know, that's uh, I think that's worse than joke stealing. <laughs> that's a whole nother dynamic yeah. that we didn't go over in that, too, that we should probably do another episode on, which is uh, it, like 
again, not to give away the guy, but it's not so much he's stealing the jokes. He's stealing like the essence of that comic. So the idea is like, so there's parallel thinking, there's joke stealing. And then there's like, I go up there and I smash watermelons. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, like it, there's so, that yeah. sort of essence stealing. I, so oh, I'm sorry, Ray, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I picked that guy up the, the second I saw him. And it's funny because a friend of mine actually went to school with him and I struggled really hard because, you know, he, he is funny. His jokes are funny, but it was the fact that the like like you said the essence was being taken i had a really hard time enjoying him because i'm like the one that he is stealing the essence of i was a big fan of growing up i saw him on premium blend and, and all that stuff um and i remember a lot of his jokes very vividly and i was a big fan of him growing up so when i saw it i was like oh, that's him <laughs> and i it really bugged me and I, I really struggled with the idea of messaging and just saying hey do you know who this is and like you might want to watch him before you keep doing that. I never did it because I was brand new. I was brand new in comedy. Still brand new. And, and it's too obvious now to say that because you're like, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> like, he knows what yeah, he's doing. You're going to call him out. He, he knows. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Is there a fear that as you get, you know, more exposure and you start making more connections and you start working more and growing as comics that guys that are ahead of you might see something of yours and go, yeah, that's mine now. And just yes. start using it. Yeah. So, so that's the different dichotomy between me and Wayne is Wayne is severely afraid of that. Like he, um, he'll tell if he wants, he can tell the bit afterwards that he thought someone stole from him. And I got so mad at him about, cause of how easy of a punchline it was that he mm. thought someone stole from him. <laughs> I never said I thought they stole it. No, no. You said like, did, like, could they have, is that a, a fair yeah. way to that's say could, it? Could they have? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I was like, come on. Uh, but I am more. I think if some like if anyone around us in our league, in our ballpark takes one of my jokes, I'm just going to keep doing my joke because <laughs> I have I have a documented the day I did it, it where none of us are going to get seen anywhere where it matters. It's just going to be in between with us. So and I'm I retire bits quite a bit of just getting sick of them or being them being terrible so uh, all in all i'm pretty lax on it but wayne is definitely gonna hyper aware of that which you should be another show that you guys i liked uh was your best of you know your favorite comics um your list were way off um you were Nobody wrong liked that episode. you were right no Nobody, no it was everybody's that, so mad that, at us. <laughs> that was our that was our top uh viewed episode um and we got we got down votes just for the thumbnail that anthony made you fuck because um, of Cosby, <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, no, I'm just kidding. We we did get we got some messages because Cosby was in there. Um, I got a, we got a few messages on like Twitter or whatever saying like you guys saw Cosby's on there, blah blah blah. I was like, you got to listen to the episode. I yeah, said that Cosby's... before we put it out. I was like, Wayne, why do you have to like him still? The fact that because he's gonna throw off our algorithm, like, because we aren't gonna lie, right? We're gonna put the data out there of what or like <laughs> Wayne had this. It was so annoying. He's like, let's do a top 10 comic thing. I'm like, okay, we'll just talk like this and we'll start 10, 9, and we'll go through. And he's like, no, I'd like to do a comprehensive list where we add together points and assign them based on what you it's, got. And then we'll it, do an average. It's called the consensus. Yeah, yeah. But it, he was way yeah. nerdier about it when he was trying to explain it to me. And I couldn't fo follow him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we did the thing. And Bill Cosby ends Sorry, up. Sorry, Lawrence Public Schools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Give me a break here. I'm <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> did you go to Lawrence Public School? I did, yeah. I'm I was, sorry? Uh, 
I, I went to Lawrence Public School. No, no, I hurt you the first time. I'm just saying, I'm sorry. There again, that, that joke is at least, that's, Joe, Joe, is that vaudevillian old? I think Jesus told that joke. <laughs> and now you tell Jesus jokes, so it's kind of full circle. Mm. Yep. Oh, um, well, I do look like white Jesus sometimes, you know, when we're wearing a bathrobe. Um, no, it's like, my, my thing is like, yeah, there's a couple of comics I would not have on my list just because of, you know, personal things. At the same time, uh, I'm old. So, so, you know, and it's funny because I heard the list. I'm like, how is Steve Martin not on everybody's list? So I'm like, Go home and listen to this album, Wayne. And I literally gave him uh, I think comedy isn't pretty album that I just picked yeah, up in I New York. To, I had to buy a record player for that. <laughs> so they didn't have Patrice it was worth on it, there. Yeah. You know, I don't think it, do so, we have Richard Pryor on there? I, I don't we didn't have a lot of great no, comics but, on there. So here's the thing. It it wasn't like a it wasn't like our definitive top comics ever. It was our favorite it was our like, current. Who we enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was our current favorite, right? Wasn't was that more that yeah, was, it was it was kind of like our current, like this is who we're enjoying. Or, or so Bill did. Cosby was your current favorite? <laughs> yeah, that's I, Wayne. I, uh, no, I could, I could, it, yes, Bill Cosby ended up on the list because I had him higher. If you, yeah, the way the, the milkier math worked out. Cosby's eyes, the more Wayne is a fan of him. <laughs> all, all I'm saying. You're a fan of his later stuff is what you said. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, he heard jokes that his cellmate was repeating that, 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 that he had told in the Gray Bar Hotel and uh, Big <laughs> Big fan, big fan of the soap on the rope prison jokes. The, the way I put my list together was, who can I listen to? Like if I, I kind of thought of it like a desert island. If I was on a desert With island, Bill Cosby, deserted. <laughs> yes. At least I know I get some action. Um, <laughs> But if I was if I was stuck with just ten comics, who could I listen to over and over and over again? And you can't deny that, like Bill Cosby himself, is one of the greatest comedy hours ever put out regardless of what he does separating the art from the artist yeah. it's it's fantastic this is the well, argument that wayne made that made everybody mad at us because well, I, 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 I even <clears throat> i put a prison bars in front of his face on the the yeah. photo so that it could help alleviate where you should have put like, a hey. big ghostbusters line through it, like a big <laughs> no sign like, uh -oh. um, i get the whole separating the art from the artist theory with some stuff but there's a line and i also hate how much I have to stop myself from not quoting him all the time. I don't know how many times I have to stop myself from saying, and if you're not careful, you just might learn something. It's, it's you know, from Fat Albert, and I don't want to, I don't want him to have as much real estate in my head. But as far as your list goes, no, my, my big, my problem with the list is you guys didn't have comics pre i think 85 i don't think there was any comics like pre 85 and i cosby went back to like the 60s except right? for, except for cosby you know which You're brought welcome. the average age down to 70. <laughs> you know, um so but separate going back a little bit separating the art from the artist i like <clears throat> i could understand if like every time i listen to a cosby bit he got money i'd be like yeah i'm not gonna do that but if i can listen to it free i mean I can still enjoy it, and he gets nothing. That's why Jacques still has those records. Thank you. Yeah, you know, collectors. Are, well, it's you should display them, though. I think it's a little gauche. If you spend that much on frames, Joe. <laughs> but no, just We're recently. We're going to do another one, by the way. We're going to do our top five least favorite comic at specials, oh. right? Oh, man. Are, Look yeah, out, yeah. Gallagher. I might <laughs> Gallagher or his brother, because I think his, I think his brother favorite. really took you know to a, to smashing watermelons to a different. So what what happens 
and I ask all the comics we have on this, you know, except for the people like Steve Bjork. I didn't ask, hey, where are you going to be in the next six months? Because it sounds like I'm stalking him, and uh, an argument could already be made that I am. Um, but so, so where do you guys think, like, comedy takes you over the next six months, year? Where do you hope it takes you? And, uh, and at the same time, the podcast. It's funny you bring that up because uh, this – this weekend, we will be recording uh, our eight-month check-in. We did our four-month check-in four months ago, and uh, we're going we're gonna to touch upon that. Um, so it's, it's fresh in my mind anyways. Um, I, one of the things in the, when we did our four-month check-in was I wanted to do more real shows, like book shows, you know what I mean, um, with a real audience, not just a room full of comics who are concerned about what they're going to say, what they just said, how they're going to punch up what they said, or whatever going outside the smoke um that has happened a little bit i want it to happen more i want i want to do more networking i want to go i personally want to go to more uh comedy shows as, as a fan um i want to talk to more people uh that are that are already where i want to be in the future and and try to learn from them a little bit i guess um i want to get better at my joke writing and and you know how to get from beginning to end in, in a consistent uh i'll call it last per minute so i have a lot that i, I want to do and i want to work on um but i guess the big thing is i want to i want to do more actual shows in front of actual people who haven't peeled back the curtain and see what we do before we go on stage anthony yeah i feel like for, I've been trying to, so my four month check in, as Wayne said, I had very similar goals to him. Like I, I, I want to get on more book shows, all that kind of stuff. But recently, since that happened to us a couple times, since we did that, I've more now divorced myself from that thinking of it. And I'm more trying now to just have goals on developing material and essential to developing the material is getting in front of crowds that you can develop material in front of. So that will come with it, but I'm more like, Hey, in another six months, I want to be able to have 10 minutes that I'm feeling really, really good about on top of the stuff that I have now. I want to like, I write jokes now and I have no idea how I write them. Like I, I they just like come out of nowhere and I, I put something together and I kind of like a kid walking for the first time, try to do them in six months. I'd like to more know what I'm doing. Like, oh, I see how I put that together. I see how to uh, why this joke isn't working, how to make it work. Those are all skills that I can feel tingling that I don't have yet. And that's the stuff that I know will make me better. If I focus on right now for the shows I get booked, seeing who else is getting booked, I will just drive myself fucking crazy all day. And wonder, am I doing something wrong because I'm not getting this? Or do I need to change how I do comedy? And I think for the first two to three years, I'm going to just go. The material is going to go through the you know, layers of siphons. And what's going to come out at the bottom is going to be my gold. And it might not be worth anything, but we'll see. Uh, I, like I, I like that approach. I mean, yeah, just let, you know, folk focus on the things you have control over, you know, this whole of thing of like comparing and despairing is like, you know, it's kind of a waste of time or it like, it can fuck mm -hmm. you up and take you off track. So I like that approach of, yeah, you're, you're just getting started. You're green. You're finding your voice, you know, you're, you're finding what works for you, 
what your style of humor really is because like what you wrote you know like four months ago is probably shit compared to what you're writing now and mm -hmm. what you're writing now is complete dog shit compared to what you'll be writing a year from now you know but it's you have yep. to go through the layers of shit you have to crawl through yeah. the shit like Andy Dufresne out of exactly. Shawshank <laughs> to get to the promised land um, Anthony, I love that answer. So what has improved most what each of you guys say? Your delivery, your timing, or your writing? Anthony, you want to go first? Yeah. So real quick on what Jack said before, or just to, to tie the bow on that, um, you you know what changed my mind on Bringer shows was your guys' class with Mike Kotrobus. Right. So Wayne was like, hey, look at this class that this guy's done. And I didn't know Mike K or any of that. It's about uh, social media and hosting. And I was like, Wayne, I'm going to drive down to your house and I'm going to show you a pyramid scheme video and I'm going to go down <laughs> the list of how you're getting hosed right now of $75 or whatever the heck the thing is. Uh, and uh, I'm going to you silly, silly boy. And then he did it and I went and it was so awesome. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Uh, it was a great crowd. He got out of it. And that wasn't a bringer show, obviously, but it was the concept of a bringer show where, where you're like, it's not a traditional show. And to me, in my head before that, I was like, you only can be on traditional shows that like, why, you know, why would you want to do another one? And the, that was so good for like everybody that did it. It got a great crowd. Even if people were bringing people like Wayne brought his family and all that stuff. Uh, if you would have told me before, I'm like, ah, it's your family. Who cares? Uh, it's, are you getting a laugh? Cause they're your family. Nope. It was all like the energy was in the room it was like a stand up room. It was off. But back to this, what do you think has improved the most, you know, as, as far as comics, your writing, your, your, you know, personality, your persona, your timing, what thing has improved the most in the last nine months? Yeah, I think for me, it's writing for sure. So uh, my the biggest thing I had going, like I said earlier, was stage presence at the beginning. Like it wasn't awesome. And I've definitely improved a lot in my stage presence. But that was the biggest compliment Wayne would give me in the beginning is I'm pretty I've always paced the stage. I'm always good about changing the microphone, holding it in the right place, looking, making eye contact, all that stuff. But my first jokes were there's it might be a two and a half minute joke in the punchlines at the end. So I had to bring you there with holding your hand very slowly to take you to the punchline. And you can see and I can take the same joke now and rewrite it uh, as I have with a lot of my jokes that like the first night I did a joke about my dad um, and I do an immigrant parents joke now that has that DNA in there. But it has a more of a punchline every 10 to 15 seconds. So just knowing that you have to keep people interested in the story uh, has really, I think, been the biggest thing I've gotten good at uh, and well gotten better at for comedy, at least. Yeah, for me, I would say it's it's definitely the joke writing. Um, you, if going up night after night, you really see what people respond to and what they don't. And you can implement that and in, more into uh, what you're writing going forward. Uh, the other thing is just comfort. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, going up on stage the first time, I'm very comfortable with a mic in my hand. Not so comfortable with people judging what I what I think is funny and me telling it to them. Uh, Anthony will tell you that I will very often white knuckle my way through a, a set if I think it's funny, almost like Norm Macdonald style. Like I, I just If I think it's funny, I'm going to do it. Um, there's only been yeah. one time so far that I've backed off of what I was going to say. And part of that is one of my... Because there was a black person there? 
<laughs> yeah, that, right? there was there was wasn't one. There was one. Uh, that I was, think that was it, actually. Weirdly, that, that wasn't it, though. And the next um, episode of How to Subtly Sell Somebody He's a Racist, we're gonna look at. <laughs> yeah, Wayne's not subtly racist. He's actively racist. <laughs> Thanks. And what's the deal with these? You know. Um. Oh, it made me lose my spot. <laughs> but no, but. It, the, uh, you know, like the point part of that is I, I'm not I'm not getting paid to go into, to an open mic. I'm there to work on material and work on how I'm saying it and this and that. So if I go up and I'm and I'm at an open mic and I'm doing a joke, if that crowd isn't having it, I'm not there to make them laugh. I'm there to work it out and see, uh, work it out and, and work on how I say it, how, my my movements, my intonations, my whatever. Uh, so yeah, I will white knuckle through. Uh, and and just kind of get through it. And if it doesn't work that night, maybe I'll look back on it and say, okay, what can I change for the next time? Yeah, here's what we'll but do for this segment. We're going to judge each other's comedy. And I'll say that's what I like best about Wayne's comedy is his ability to do that, to to take a, like his Chris Benoit joke where all of us went, no, uh, when he told us it. Uh, we like that we have a little group message. We go over a joke sometimes. And he sent that into there. And we were like, okay, who here has the producer's number from intervention and we're going to do the first one <laughs> on dysfunctional comedy and Wayne will go up there and he'll start the joke and everybody will go no and he'll go yes and he'll complete the joke and he'll go through it and he'll power I am like if in the middle of the joke I'm getting stared at in a bad way it throws me all off so yeah I, I love that about him I just fake it. If I would go up there and just fake, I'm getting a call right now. I'm sorry. I can't finish my joke. I got to take this. Yeah. When did that the other night with this biggie joke that he did? Oh, that was so bad. Called. Yep. My bluff got called. Guys, um, that, it, that's a story for a different time. No, you know, and speaking of different time, I would love to have you guys back on because uh, for me, and this is going to sound mushy and whatever, the, the, at once you hit 50 you don't make new friends like that's just it like ask your dad how many friends that they've made after 50 and as much as you know we've all had just awful nights as much as there's so many people that each one of us sees in the same lineup and they're like oh fuck you know and there's people we don't want to be in rooms with on the positive side there's a good you know half dozen people that I now consider friends that that transcend just being at mics with like people I generally like to hang out with and talk with, even if we're not just talking stand up. Um, and, and, and you two are, are at the top of that list. And it's been really fun. Um, it's been really fun to get to know you as like dads, as people, as comics. And honestly, Open Mic Pain is uh, is a podcast that. If I know I have a trip coming up, like not like to a, a mic 45 minutes away, but sometimes I take little road trips, I will hold off for a couple of weeks because it really is one of the podcasts that I enjoy listening to. Um, you know, the fact that I can cite specific things from the four month check in, you know, I, I'm usually full of complete shit because both. You know Wayne and I at our core are salespeople, and <laughs> it's like yep. you know, you know, the, you know where we, look. Let's just face it: we're both uh, sausage casings full of chlamydia and bullshit. 
<laughs> Gonorrhea and bullshit. Ah! He's already flubbed the line. Ah! He put his own personal touch on it. You're oh. lying, George. You're <laughs> lying. That's like, is it joke stealing then, or is it parallel? Thinking? <laughs> Depends if he actually has chlamydia. Was it a personal uh, experience? Uh, right. <laughs> has or had? <laughs> um. But seriously, guys, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. It's just, the, you know, for me, the last seven months of our podcast where we've had comics on, uh, I, I, there's there's few things I enjoy more than talking the comedy process with comics. So so thank you mm. for um, indulging me. Yeah, yeah so I, I want to say, too, before we, we get off uh, that for Jacques, at least, because uh, you said such nice things about us. Uh, I remember my first interaction with you. You came up to me after a set that I did and you said, hey, that was really good. And I turned to Wayne and I said, well, now I like him 35 percent more than everybody else in here. <laughs> and so since then, <laughs> th that has been how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said this on the podcast, but uh, I or on our podcast. But one night that I was like, man, I think I actually might have something here was the first night I heard Jacques laugh at a joke that I did. I never heard him laugh at anything I said before that, but that night that I heard him, I was like, fuck, I got it. Um, <laughs> no, and, and, and true. I mean, I, that, that was one of the, one of the disappointing things when I started going to Mike's, I'm like, where are people going? This next guy's funny. This next girl's yeah. funny. Like you, why are you leaving now? I mean, you know, especially like somebody like, you know, you know, when you drive an hour plus to a mic, and you wait at seven or eight people to go to your five minutes, and there's three people after you. It's like it's a two and a two hour and five minute or two and a half hour investment in your time. The extra five minutes is really gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, sure. but but, but a lot yeah. of people won't come up to you afterwards, even if you you did have a big group and tell you that you did a good job or that they liked what you did. A lot of, a lot of comics don't like giving compliments and you need those that's what keeps you going like i've had like six shitty mics in a row besides the last one that got me out of the rut a little bit and it's really those compliments that you get from people where they come up to you after you go up and they're like hey i really like that joke that was good you made me laugh there that it just helps you get to the next mic you know because you need that well you know um yeah We've had podcasts where we've had bigger comics on who go out of their way to say how funny Joe is. Each and every comic we have at one point has said, Joe, you're the funniest guy. But it is true. It, it's the, the people, again, like the Danny P who take the pictures and post it. And then the people out there trying to elevate but you know what what you know i think wayne and i um because we've gone to a couple of shows recently with some big new england headliners and talk with them it's amazing how much when people are really secure where they are in their careers are so much more supportive than people at our level <laughs> yep you know, you know, I mean, it was an absolute thrill for me. It, it, it probably, probably top two, if not top one thing when, you know, I went to see Mike Katrobis host a show with Steve Bjork. Mike comes over and goes, you want to go up and do a few minutes to start the show? In front of a real crowd. It was real people paying 25 bucks because it would like had a little catered thing and like like a little buffet. And it was a real nice thing at a nice place. And then Steve Bjork, who, you know, headlined. So he went on like an hour after I eh, probably like 40 minutes after I did because Mike did a set. I, I did a set. Mike did a set. Then two other comics and then Steve. And for Steve afterwards to go through my material and 
say, hey, I really like this on this. It's good. Maybe think about this. Hey, when you listen back, you do this thing in between to kind of downplays what you just said. You know, you got to get rid of that because it takes people out. You went from one good bit to another good bit, but in between you're like, well, no, never mind. Anyways, like wow. the self-deprecating thing's fun, but and, and when you find those moments when when somebody like that, it does. It makes up for 10 bat mics where there's more people outside or in the back of the bar talking over you. <laughs> I did a show with a big New England comic out here, uh, and I was um, he w- was going. It was like one of those weird shows where it was kind of all mixed up at time wise for him because he was coming last minute and he opened the show. And I talked to him beforehand. And I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome that you're here. Like, I'm going up after you. It's really good. And he was like, I'm not going to watch you and I'm not going to be here while you're here. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, just to have the deflating feeling of that guy, like, go and fuck yourself. And so glad that, yeah, it's so nice to hear that he actually vocalized that. Like, he had to go <laughs> and make sure, make a point that he, that you knew that he didn't give one fuck about what you were doing there. I know. He could have just said, I can't wait. But no, he was like, yeah, no, you won't, you won't see me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've already forgotten we've spoken. <laughs> I, you know, and i remember because uh, uh like i'm not gonna give the guy away but he teaches classes uh, at some place somewhere and i remember thinking about taking a class and i was like wow he's big it would be cool to take a class there and i'm like well fuck that guy now <laughs> yeah you just lost yourself a customer sir yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am I'm, I'm totally excited to see what you guys do with the podcast over you know the next six months to a year as you develop as as comics and writers and your material so uh thank you guys very very much for for jumping on thanks for having us jack joe, so they, joe joe you want to take us out and joe <laughs> yeah i'll take you i'll take you out guys so th- we've been speaking with uh wayne russell and anthony uh last name sounds like a probiotic eugenio <laughs> Fuck. eugenio <laughs> he got that from ben ben, ben texted that in just <laughs> Uh, the hosts of Open Mic Pain. Listen to wherever you get your podcast. Follow up. You guys, you want to shout out your open uh, social media? Yeah, so everything's at, at Open Mic Pain. Um, Anthony is a uh, young person, so he he he's against social media. But I'm at Wayne Russell Comedy at uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram uh, and Threads. I think I thought it was an Open Mic Pain Threads, but I just found out it's just me. So. <laughs> Yeah, at Open Mike Payne and at Wayne Russell Comedy. And uh, yeah, I'm like Joe, I'm Anthony. not out there. Uh, Joe is so hilarious, but he's like, uh, he does equations like a janitor in a hallway. Like he just writes them out there and finishes <laughs> people. He does it for the love of the game, everybody. It's really, that's all it's for, really. Audience of one. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so no, the guys thinks it was really nice meeting you in person and good to have you on the podcast. Uh, Jacques got a lot of editing of himself to do, so we got to let him go. <laughs> so, uh, um, by the way, it's like a Friday night. Um, I'm surprised you guys don't have like a spot or something going on. Like, is there open mics on Friday nights? Or We're surprised that... as well. No, there's not generally open mics on Fridays. Yeah, I guess that's like the. No, you got to get asked to do comedy on Fridays. That's the book game stuff. <laughs> yeah. So okay. All right. Yeah. So it's basically like doing podcasts and playing Call of Duty. Like this is yep. what Friday nights for. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man, I hear you. All right. Well, that's all we got for you. So goodbye, and don't forget. Bye. This was supposed to be the uh, first set I ever did, not extremely high, because me and Wayne were supposed to do somewhere uncomfortable.
Thank you, Jacques and Joe. I have one thing to say to the 1% of the 1% out there. Kick it! You wake up late for school, man, you don't want to go. You ask your mom, please, but she still says no. You miss two classes and no homework. But your teacher preaches class like you're some kind of jerk. You gotta fight for your right to party. Your pop caught you smoking and he said, no way. That hypocrite smokes two packs a day. Man, living at home is such a drag. Now your mom threw away your best porno mag. Busted. You gotta fight for your right to affordable health care. Party! Democratic Party! The end. You might hear music when you're listening. I'm not hearing music when I'm doing that voice. I will tell you, it was music to my ears. You know, I'm, I'm going to go dry my eyes while you listen to this week's defunct sponsor. <laughs>